Welcome to the Human Predator Pack Mule Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Baumgartner. I'm a strength and conditioning coach, I'm a writer, and I'm an outdoors person just like you. And I created this show to help you be more successful in the outdoors, both by training your body to handle the rigors of each hunt and to do it over the long haul, and to introduce you to some great guests they are going to teach you some skills and tell you some great stories. Again, I'm Todd Baumgartner, and this is the Human Predator Pack Mule Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to part three of the Whitetail Chronicles. I'm currently in my truck driving through the mountains of South Central Pennsylvania, and I wanted to. It's been, I mean, it's been a little bit too long since I got an episode out, so I wanted to do this episode for you, even though I'm in the truck. So if you hear any kind of extraneous noise, that's why. But I got to tell you, I had to go this way because. Man, the, the leaves are starting to turn here. The mountains look gorgeous. It is, it's pretty sweet. So, man, I don't, th- I haven't done a, a Whitetail Chronicles episode for around a week now. Um, so, there's been a couple hunts uh, I've made. So let's just, let's just jump right into what's going on. So, all right, I'm gonna give you some backstory. So there's at the farm. There's this other. This, this kid that has access to hunt it. He's a once removed, distant, twice removed relative person of one of the people that, that lives there. And so he got some access. He's about 20 years old, uh, not a very experienced hunter, and does, if I'm being honest, does a lot of really stupid shit, and he frustrates me. That being said, I want to be able to help him, so I'd like to be able to kind of mentor him and, and build the relationship to kind of help him as a hunter. And at the same time, I want him to not mess that property up <laughs> and not mess up my hunting or anybody else's hunting because the, the, the reality is, is like be around that farm, there is a lot of food and there is a lot of cover on the surrounding properties. So those deer don't have to stay there. Um, so they're, they're just not, but here's how he hunts it. So he essentially, I, I don't know if he watches too many hunting shows or what the deal is, but he thinks he spot and stock hunts whitetails with archery. And it is just insane. And he has these, I remember last year he was telling me what he was doing. I was like, man. And I, so I explained to him, you know, at the that, that time of the year, it was getting into late season, like, Here's what the deer are going to do on the property. Here's where you should sit. If you do this, you're going to get a shot at something. It was just, he wanted to kill a deer. He wanted some meat for his freezer. He wanted to do that. And I was like, well, okay, man. If you do this, you're going to see a deer. You're likely going to get a shot. Here's where you should set up. He didn't really listen to that. And he still just started walking around and kept doing that. And essentially, it's just like a spot and spook mission as uh, Jordan Welcher and I were talking about. He just walks around and he bumps deer and he bumps them off their beds and he makes them uncomfortable and he just increases the pressure on them. So it's not really good for anybody. He, and he's just not good of a, enough of a hunter to first understand that, hey, you're not going to see deer every time or B, here's where to set up to see deer more frequently. So he just walks around. Not great. So we... I, he texted me, he said he was, I thought he was going to be go back to college. I thought I was going to have the property all to myself again, like he did a few years ago, but that's not the case. He's around. So I was like, crap. I was like, you know, trying to get on the same page with him. 
um, because I knew, first of all, like, hey, I want to help this kid. Second of all, I want to make sure that this hunting isn't just, he doesn't just spook the deer right off this property. So I'm kind of working on that relationship. That being said, there's a big buck on that property that has been there for a couple years. Uh, last year when I killed my buck, the biggest, the biggest buck on the property walked through right after I killed him. It was insane. Like I, I hit my buck, I watched him go lay down and I was just waiting to get out of my tree stand and this other buck walked through and he looked like a horse with antlers on his head. It was incredible. So I knew, I knew he was around. I was, man, I hope he makes it through hunting season. I hope he makes it through the rut and, and into the next season. And he's still around. He's been seen. So, which is super cool. So my thought was, well, this kid's walking around. He's going to mess everything up. He's going to be spooking stuff off. So I need to make some surge. Sorry, I got, I got cut off there. Um, so my thought is I need to go in there, be surgical, and try to get to this buck before this kid spooks him off or before he does some kind of a walk around, walkabout during the rut and, and gets himself killed. So I decide last Wednesday evening, you know, the wind was going to be okay. The weather wasn't exactly perfect, but I thought, you know what, if I get in within 100, 150 yards of his, of his bedding area, you know, after, and after consulting with some of my hunting buddies about, you know, here's my plan, I decided to do it. So I was, my plan was go in, try to get him before the kid spooks him off or he the buck does something stupid during the rut and, and gets himself killed. Because quite honestly, I want to kill him. That's kind of how it was. So uh, he, I, I decided I'm going in Wednesday. So I get in, I'm going to do, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get a really long sit in. So I went in and I got up in the tree by about two o'clock. I was like, I'm going to sit here until after dark, if, even if I don't see him, because I just kind of want to, I want to be out, be able to move out under the cover of darkness. So I get up in the tree and I look over to my right, which would be about halfway between where I was, where I was in the tree and the, and the bedding area and, um, kind of the path he would take to get to food or, or, or to water. And there's a blind there and it's not brushed in. And I was like, Oh my God, it's just, it's just sitting there. And I, so I, I texted the kid. I was like, hey, man, how long has it been since you put that blind there? He said, oh, it's been about three weeks. And I just was like, oh, my God. I was so frustrated. I was like, <laughs> you can't just slap a blind up in the middle of hunting season and just expect it not to totally make the deer avoid it. They're not going to. They can see it. They're, they're going to change the way that they move through that area and everything. And I was like, man, I was so frustrated. And I wanted to be like, I wanted to, I don't know how I want to say this. I wanted to not be nice about it. I can tell you that much. But, you know, what I said was, oh, okay. So that's probably not enough time because they can see it. Um, usually setting up a ground blind is like a summer project because those deer need months and months of moving through there, getting used to it, seeing it, and being cautious, and then finally relaxing before you're going to be able to hunt from it. And he's like, well, I was, I was setting it up to get him used to it. And it was just like frustrating. He's like, dude, you're not the only person hunting this property. We have to think about other people, you know, but either way. So I was, I was just like, well, that, that area is going to be spoiled. So 
I didn't even really even see any deer that night. I saw one doe walk out, you know, right at, right about sundown and just, you know, I thought about if she walked my way, you know, taking a shot just to get the, the freezer filled, but I, it just ended up didn't happen. So I was like, crap. So before the, the Sunday night before that, I just wanted to get that out. Cause it's like, man, I, I, so, and I'm going to explain, you know, some other stuff coming through with my plans for how I'm going to hunt. And so I want to get that story out. The previous Sunday, Chris and I had hunted up on the mountain. My business partner, Chris, he's getting back into archery hunting with me. I'm really excited to have somebody to hunt with. Um, cause I typically hunt deer by myself. Um, so he comes with, we go up to the mountain, we sit about five, five thirty. deer start moving, but they're moving behind us. And we, I think I told you this story already. So we, we decided on this Thursday, we moved up. We went up higher to where those deer were, um, got in, you know, read some sign. I didn't have any cameras up there yet. Um, and we we're like, well, this looks like a good place to be. This looks like where we could set up and get, and get them, cut them, you know, just ambush them as they're moving through here. Didn't see a deer, not one deer that evening, not a sniff of a deer, not nothing, nothing happened. So we were like, son of a biscuit eater. Um, so we... I got, we got down that night. I set up a camera right there where we were hunting to see if anything was moving through. Chris went out and checked it the other day. Um, not much going on. So that being said, our buddy that owns the mountain ground saw, <laughs> he actually texted me. He's like, he's like, I just saw the biggest buck of my life right by the driveway. He's like, I, he's like, I swear to God, I saw a moose for a second. He's like, it's that big. So we're on a mission. We like we knew there were nice bucks on the property. We have a couple of those on camera, but we didn't know there was like a moose. So we're on a mission to find his scrapes now. I mean, the property's thick. It's tough to move through there without making noise. There are some paths. So we're going to kind of, we got to play like fast and loose a little bit to try to find his scrapes, get a camera on it, and then get set up in the area that he might be moving through. Because they're going to, I mean, obviously it's, it's getting into mid-October now. So patterns are going to start to change we might start to see some some pre-rut activity so our goal is to kind of okay we gotta we gotta start moving around so with both of these things in mind i decided that i was going to get a saddle so i've been hunting out of my climber mostly and i want to be able to be more quiet i want to be able to be uh, more mobile um so, and I want to be able to get into some of this thick stuff and then get up above it and see if there's any kind of shooting lanes and be able to like, well, this isn't going to work. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be hunting from the saddle from the remainder of archery season, uh, up until rifle season starts. And, and hopefully I might be done hunting deer by the time rifle season starts because, you know, I got, uh, that cow elk hunt at the end of this month. So my freezer might be filled with ungulate meat. So I might serve with meat. And uh, so I, I might just be on, on ducks and, and, and small game for the rest of the winter. But um, that being said, I, if I'm going to get this buck out at the farm and if we're going to have any shot at that buck up on the mountain, they're not stupid, man. There's, there's a reason that they're so big. So we're going to have to be real surgical in our approach and I'm going to have to, you know, move around and be more mobile. So I was like, the best way to do this is to, is to have a saddle. So. I, I actually just, if this is Sunday, I just actually ordered that this morning. That stuff should be here by Tuesday. Um, so that should be super cool. So that way, midweek hunting weather's gonna start coming back around again. And then by next weekend, next Saturday and Sunday, it looks like we have another cold front moving in. 
So, and then that way we can really spend some time up there and just, and just get after it. But I want to be able to, to move around and, and, uh, and be more mobile, like I said, and just be able to get in and get tighter, not make as much noise. And if I have to change trees, it's not as big of a deal as getting down with a climber and doing all this kind of stuff. So that is the plan. So what about this week? Uh, I'm not sure yet. So I think it's going to look something like Wednesday. I think I'm going to go, um, Wednesday, I'm probably going to head out to the farm and probably hunt for does is probably my plan. Um, and not push in there too hard because I know the kid just hunted here, hunted out at the farm today, this Sunday, he was just out there to, uh, to this morning hunting. So I'm guessing he was walking around, pushing things around. I want to lighten the pressure up out there. So, uh, I'm going to hunt does at the edge of the property. I'm not going to push in too hard because I know they've likely been pushed around. So I'm going to do that. And then on Thursday, Chris and I are likely going to head back up to the mountain in the afternoon. And I'm going to go and get out of the, I'm going to get out of the big, uh, hardwood stand that, you know, I've been telling you guys about that we've been hunting and I'm going to go on like a strike mission, you know, see if I can find a scrape that I can sit over, see if I can find anything, um, just to kind of get closer to where this buck might be. And, uh, that way I'm going to take my saddle and and kind of look at it that way and and see what I can get done. So that is, that's the plan for this week. Um, We'll see how it works out. I will keep you abreast of the situation and uh, yeah, that's it. I'll be back this week. um, You know, in these, these next couple of weeks, I'm going to have my man, John McComas on to talk about, we'll talk about photography. He's doing, he's just getting into traditional archery. We're going to be talking about that kind of stuff. He just got back from his elk hunt in Colorado. So we'll be talking about that kind of stuff. And I'm working on some other great guests for you guys too. So it's not just um, me sitting here and you guys listening to my voice, uh, which isn't so bad. I'm sure you like it. I'm joking. That was a joke. Um, but so you can get some some more tips, some more stories, all that kind of stuff. And I actually, you know, I realized I haven't done anything about the caribou trip yet. I haven't done any episodes to talk about that. So I'm going to start putting out some recap episodes of how that went, some of the things I learned on that trip, and uh, just kind of walk you through the story as well. All right. I will talk to you on that next episode. See ya.